going to get into the word of the Lord, and if you would like to stand together as we read a couple passages of scripture in your hearing, in honor of God's word, um, if you have your Bibles and you want to follow along, the first one is in Psalm chapter 126, and beginning in verse number 5, and then Matthew chapter 13 and verse 44. We look forward to a great midweek service Tuesday night, 715 here, and then next Sunday, everybody say next Sunday. Next Sunday, we're going to have the first of some special revival services, and uh, we're excited that, that um, and a, a powerful man of God named David Bryan uh, from Cincinnati, Ohio, I felt prompted by God uh, a few months ago to talk to this man about coming to preach to a life church. He's powerfully used in the gifts of the Spirit and uh, flows in the Holy Ghost. So he is going to be together with all of us next Sunday. So we want to encourage you to make, make plans to be here. If you know of a guest that needs something from God, bring him out to the house of the Lord. That's next Sunday at our regular time. Psalm 126 and verse 5, the Bible says this, They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing. Notice it says doubtless. There's no question that if they go out weeping, bearing precious seed, that they will come again rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. What are sheaves? Sheaves are representative of the harvest, like uh, bundles of grain that go out bearing precious seed with tears. They come back rejoicing with bundles of harvest. And then in Matthew chapter 13, verse number 44, Jesus, in a parable as he's teaching, says this, Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto treasure hid in a field, the which when a man hath found, he hideth, and for the joy thereof goeth and selleth all that he hath, and buyeth that field. Jesus was giving some illustrations or some comparisons about the kingdom of heaven, and he said that the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God, my Father's kingdom, is like a treasure hidden in a field. And as we prepare to go into 2020, God has spoken to the leaders of our church and to my wife and me about focus or attention for the year of 2020. And uh, our focus, the title today is uh, kind of a encapsulation of our focus for 2020, and it is very simply a time to sow, a time to sow. We believe that God is speaking, that it is time to sow. If you'd like for God to speak to you individually today as well as us as a corporate church, I want you to ask him for that as we close our eyes right now. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for its power and its clarity, Jesus. And I'm praying today, Lord God, that you would speak to each of us individually. God, that you would speak to Life Church as a corporate body, but we're made up of people, of individuals. And I pray, God, that you would give clarity to us about decisions and determinations as we go into this new year. Thank you for your blessings and your favor. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Let's give an applause to Jesus before we're seated, and then you may be seated. I heard the story of a farmer who 
they'd had a rough year. And uh, it was a year of lack, a year of challenges, a year of sparse harvest. And then uh, through the winter months, they had a limited crop, and so they had limited food. And uh, they were rationing the food out little by little uh, for the various meals that they had. And it was a time of sacrifice, a time of want. But one of the boys, one of the boys was out walking through the barn. And uh, as he was uh, walking through and running through the, the, the barn, he stumbled over a huge bag of grain. And he was excited because he knew this represented food. He knew this represented an opportunity to make some bread and, uh, and fill up his tummy and bless his family. So he excitedly went in and told his dad, Dad, I was in the barn and you overlooked something. There is a huge bag of grain in the barn. Let's go out and get it. We can make bread and we can celebrate. And his dad said to him, Son, we can't eat that bag of grain. What that represents, son, is that is our seed for next year. And though what we desire and what we need is grain for bread, if we use the seed for next year, then we'll be in an even worse spot when the next year comes around. Because the uh, interesting thing about farming, the amazing thing about seed is it represents exactly what you want. The seed is exactly what you need and what you desire. But you take the thing that you want, you put it into the ground, and then through the miracle of multiplication, the miracle of the harvest, it brings forth manyfold itself multiplied. So if you plant corn seeds, you get corn. If you plant seeds of beans, you of course harvest beans. And when you sow the seeds for tomatoes, you're going to harvest tomatoes. And if you sow the seeds for grain, then you're going to harvest grain. It seems like uh, it should go without saying, but we're going to say it nonetheless. You can't expect a harvest without sowing seed. You can't just have good intentions and anticipate that you're going to be able to partake of a harvest in the following year. It's very, very simple. If you want any kind of a harvest, you can't just sit around and hope for it. You can't just sit around and believe for it. You can't just sit around and anticipate it. You've got to get some seed in the ground. Am I speaking truth right now? You can't expect a harvest, the miracle of multiplication in the soil from a single seed to hundreds of seeds. You can't expect it unless you sow and put some seeds in the ground. Now, this is not just a farming principle, but it's a life principle as well. The Bible says that whatsoever my man soweth, that shall he also reap. And whatever it is that you want, you've got to sow it in order to receive back what it is that you desire. If you want happiness in your life, you can plant happiness seeds by doing what you can to make other people happy. You're sowing a seed that brings a harvest into your own life. But the problem is, is people get focused on 
their needs and their situation and they take everything to make themselves happy and they wonder why there's no harvest of happiness later. You cannot anticipate a harvest when you eat all the seed yourself, but you can only receive a harvest when you get some seed in the ground, when you broadcast the seed, when you sow the seed, then you can anticipate the miracle of the harvest. If you want a financial blessing, you sow financial seeds into others, into God's work, into the ministry, and then you can experience a harvest as well. If you want revival, Life Church, we can't sit and just hope for it and sit and just believe and anticipate it. We've got to get some seed into the ground. And if we go out with tears, bearing precious seed, why is it precious? Because you could turn it into bread, but instead of feasting on it and eating it yourself, you cast it out. You get out into the field and you sow precious seed. The Bible says, doubtless, there is no question that if you go out with tears sowing precious seed in the right season, you will come back rejoicing. You will come back with a song. You will come back with bundles of grain, sheaves under your arm. If you will sow, their principle is that you will reap. And you can anticipate the harvest without the sowing. And if you want friendship, you can sow a seed by being a friend to someone. And you will see the turnaround, the harvesting of what is sown. The key principle is, is that self-centered lives are not growing because they're not sowing. Self-centered lives are not growing because they're not sowing. They tend to emotionally shrivel up. They become discouraged. They begin to despair. And so Life Church, as individuals within the body of Christ, as a corporate entity, God is speaking to us and indicating that we've got to quit thinking about ourselves. We've got to take the focus off of ourselves because if you focus on yourself, all you can think about is I need, I need this, I need that, I have this particular need. But uh, this is a biblical principle. Even when you are in a time of lack, even when you're in a discouraging situation, you may be tempted to say, well, I've got my own problems. I can't worry with being concerned or, or, or looking into the needs of others. Uh, I've got to just get out of my own mess. But I want to tell you today that sowing is the way that you get out of your mess. You don't get out of your mess by paying more attention to yourself. But the biblical principle is is when you get some seed in the ground, there is a miracle that can transpire that can bless you out of your own mess. Amen. I see that not many people believe that, so we'll preach on that a little bit right now. Genesis 26 and 1. If you're reading through your Bible, you're probably about there this week. Started reading about Isaac. The Bible says, and there was a famine in the land. Beside the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. 
And Isaac went unto Abimelech, king of the Philistines, into, unto Gerar. A famine's a big deal in those days. For us, uh, if we have a season without rain, we know that the reservoirs are going to meet our needs, and if we can get some in the next two or three years, we'll be all right. For them, a famine represented an absolute uh, uh, existential crisis whether they could even survive or not. So they're in a time of famine. If you read through chapter 26, you'll notice that Isaac is tempted to go to Egypt, uh, just like Abraham did during a time of famine that struck during Abraham's time. What did Abraham do? He went to Egypt, and he finally came back from Egypt, and he had Hagar. And if you know the story of Abraham, you know that Abraham had a child with Hagar named Ishmael, and it created tension and stress and problems in his family. I want you to notice uh, that what you do during times of difficulty and lack in your life can bring either negative or positive circumstances in the future. And Isaac was tempted to go to Egypt. Egypt is a type of the world. When things get tough, sometimes we're tempted to walk away from God and his principles and his power. When we're going through challenging times, we may feel as urge to go back to Egypt. So Isaac's in a time of famine, no rain, no crops producing, and he's tempted to go to Egypt. And what does God say? God says, don't do it. Stay put. You're in the promised land right now. And he says more specifically, he talks about his seed, not his physical seed that he was going to sow but the seed of promise that was in him through father Abraham, that through him all the nations of the earth would be blessed and that God would give him a progenity that would impact the whole world that would be innumerable, like the stars of the sky. He says, but that's not going to happen in Egypt. Even though you're in a time of famine, your spiritual destiny, the destiny of the seed of the spirit in you is going to be realized where you are. And so you need to stay put and I'm going to bless your seed. So what happens when you read verse number 12, the Bible says that then Isaac sowed in that land. What did he do? He took what little grain he had during the time of famine and he began to sow. And the Bible says he received in that same year, verse 12, an hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him. Now, during times of lack and times of difficulty, it's very tempting to bail out or to eat all the seed. But, but uh, Isaac determined to sow in the time of famine, to sow seed in the time of famine. God said, I'm going to multiply thy seed. It was a promise of spiritual progenity. But physically, in that year, in the middle of the famine, he sowed seeds. And when it came time to harvest, God blessed him a hundredfold. That means whatever he sowed, one turned into a hundred. One seed turned into a hundred seeds. God blessed him a hundredfold right in the midst of famine. Now, I want to tell you, let's just get real right now. This is something that the Lord uh, revealed to us during a time of prayer and conversation and leadership conversation. Because of the uh, situation that we find ourselves in as, as a church with not having our own building space where we can have prayer meetings and Bible studies and whatever it is that we want to have during the week. The challenge of the logistics of setting up and tearing down every time we desire to have church. The, the, the logistics of having to work as a tenant under somebody else that owns the building. The challenges of, uh, 
adjusting our systems around an ever-changing thing uh, because of our position as renters and the logistics of the moves that we've made over the last few years. The Spirit of the Lord spoke to us and indicated that because of the challenges of this season, we've, as a leadership team and perhaps even as a church, unintentionally become internally focused. Focused on us. We need a building. We need this. We have to take care of this. We have our energy, and it's only natural because they're legitimate needs. Nobody says that during the famine that it's just the people's imagination. It's real. But I want to tell you that the greatest time to sow is not when you have a bountiful harvest, but the greatest time to sow is in the time when you're the most tempted to just focus on yourself. But when you can turn your focus from being inward to being outward, then you can begin to see blessings multiplied a hundredfold. And so the Lord is speaking to us as a church. The Lord is speaking to us as leaders. And I want the Lord to speak to you as individuals that when the devil would tempt you to be focused on your own concerns and your own needs and take all of your attention on what it is that you need to take care of, that that is the perfect time to get your eyes off of yourself and realize that if I want favor and the miraculous and blessings, I've got to begin taking what I need and actually sowing it where others might need it. Hallelujah. And so this is, this is what I feel. I'm just going to put it out there. I know that, uh, you know, logistically focused, time-wise, financially, we have needs as a church. We're blessed. We're not in a bad spot. God's been good to us. But because of our need for a building, so much attention has been focused on that. But the Lord spoke to me and said, if you'll get your attention, get Life's Church attention off of Life Church and begin to focus on how can we take what we have and sow it somewhere else that doesn't benefit us. That is the sowing of the seed. It's taking what we need and casting it into the ground. Then watch what I will do for you. And so right in the midst of a season where logistically or, or theoretically it would make most sense to take all of our resources and pour them into our own need. God says, no, it's time for you to begin to focus on where is a need outside of Life Church that Life Church can go together and begin to sow seeds where the needs are. Oh, praise God. Oh, praise God. I'm talking about the miraculous. I'm talking about supernatural. When you eat it, you ate it. It's gone. But when you sow it, you don't see immediate return, but there's a return that's coming. The Bible says it's doubtless. Why is it tears when you go out to sow? Well, number one, you're taking what you could eat and you're putting it in the ground. Number two, it's work. It's sacrifice. But when you sow in tears, the Bible says, have no question in your mind. The time will come when you will reap with joy. It's a spiritual principle. It is a biblical principle. And this is what the Lord is saying in the new year. This is what I want you to think as an individual. If I 
have a need, I need to sow. If I need a friend, I need to be a friend. Amen. If I have challenges in my life, find somebody else that has a challenge. Get my mind off my own problem and begin to focus on is there somebody else that I can pour into? And then guess what? God says, I'll send back to you more than you can even handle in terms of the provision of what it is that you need. If you need tomatoes, you got to sow tomato seeds. If you need carrots, you got to sow carrot seeds. So what is sowing? The sowing is taking what you want and not taking it, but sowing it. Taking what you need and sowing it. And so guess what the Lord said? The Lord said to us that we're going to focus our attention on some uh, struggling startup churches in the area. We're going to support them as a church. We're going to come behind them and put our resources behind them. You may be looking at me strange, but this is a God thing. This is something God focused. If we will get our seed out of our own bag and out of our own feasting, off of our own table, and get out into the field, then God says, hey, I'll give you what you need. I'll take care of you. You'll be taken care of. But not only that, but I feel like the Lord has prompted us that we need to get back into supporting missions like we never have before. And secondly, taking and finding a specific specific project that we can pour into. I know it doesn't make sense. I know, I know it doesn't make sense when we're trying to get into a church building. I, I know the temptation to say, hey, let's just pour everything towards this for now. And then once we get in, then it's a time to sow. No, the Bible says time to sow right now. God said it's a time to sow, right? I know some of you are nervous because you think we're going to take up an offering today. <laughs> I can tell, man. You guys are just like... I'm going forth with tears. My seed is so precious. This is more than just financial. It is financial, but it's all these things. It's a mindset. It's a shift. It's about the supernatural power of sowing. That if you will sow, then God will send blessing your way. He will send a harvest your direction. So I don't know about you, but I I think it's time for us to do something big uh, for somebody else that has a need, for for a church that has a need. I know there's a couple startup churches I'm praying and talking to some people, and I'm going to bring this up and say, Life Church, we're going to get behind this ministry. We're going to help this ministry go. We're going to put our resources into it, not something that benefits us, not something that meets our needs. You're not sowing when you're giving something something to yourself right right like i need a harvest i'm gonna sow and buy myself a new computer amen that's not sowing that's eating amen but when it's not for you when it's out there that is sowing and so we're going to sow together and the lord's going to make clear to us this year uh, that there is a particular missions need that we're going to meet whether it's building a church or doing something we're going to do this together you guys with me on this do you guys you guys feel this in your spirit because as a corporate body as a church uh, we're going to sacrifice uh, and get it out there and get some seed in the ground because the principle is god is going to bless somebody put your hands together and praise the lord if you believe that right now hallelujah hallelujah amen now the unintentional result as we said of being internally focused is uh, that uh, things don't prosper they don't move forward and we become so concerned about our needs and our survival that we stop sowing and as a church and as individuals it's time to sow and get some seed in the ground so here's a phrase that I want us to pick up this year. 
Uh, and uh, maybe we need to make t-shirts. Maybe somebody could get a tattoo. No. No. My mom's here. I'm in trouble. <laughs> Here's what we need to remember. It's not about us. It's not about me. It's not about us. This, this is a, uh, the problem when you live in a consumer culture. Everything's about you. You live your life to meet your needs and cater to yourself and make sure you're taken care of. And it becomes a, it becomes a very uh, disfigured perspective. And you become very in, internally focused and you're unhappy and you're miserable. But if you can get your attention off yourself, I, I've said this before and I, I read this principle before and, and shared it with people. If you are sad, if you're discouraged, if you feel like you can't get out of the funk that you're in, the best thing you can do is stop focusing on yourself and find somebody else that you can try to make happy, that you can try to minister to their need. And you may think, well, I got too much going on under my house. I got too much under my roof to take care of. It's exactly the time to sow. That's the time to sow right then is to say, you know what? Rather than focus on me, it's not about me. This is not about me. Amen. So it's like, I don't like the music. Well, it's not about you. Amen. It's about getting our attention off of ourselves and say, is there somebody that I can minister to? Is there somebody whose need I can meet? Because when we eat all the seed, we become disfigured in our perspective and we cut off the flow of God's favor and blessing in our life. Now, Matthew chapter 9, verse 36, and we're uh, bringing this to a close here. Uh, he said, uh, when he saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Then saith he, Jesus, unto his disciples, the harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. So, as a church, as we begin to narrow the focus down, all these things that we talked about are important principles are biblical. But what are we focused on as a church? We're focused on the message of the gospel and the great commission of Jesus Christ. And that is to harvest souls for the Lord, to sow seeds of truth, and to get out into the field. Everybody say into the field into the field. And so Jesus said here, pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth laborers into the field. As far as I can tell, we all have our prayer requests, right? We bring them, to G we bring them and said, could you pray for my family? Could you pray that the Lord would bless me with the job? Could you pray we're going through issues with our kids? Can you pray for that? Jesus only had one prayer request in all of the teaching of the gospel that I can see, and his prayer request was this. Pray that God would send laborers into the harvest, out into the field. You know why? There's an old song that we sang when I was a kid. 
I haven't heard it lately, but it just says, my, Jesus, it's, it's, the, it's the heart of Jesus. My house is full, but my fields are empty. Everybody wants to come around the table, but nobody wants to get in the field. And the Lord's saying, I'm glad that you've come around the table, but I need some people in the field. I need you to get out from around the table, and I need you to get out in the field. Now, you say, well, what's that? What are you talking about? We're, there's no, I don't see a table in here, and, and what is it? You talking about the football field? We'll go out there, Pastor, if that's what you want. We'll go out in the field, and I'll be on the 50-yard line cheering for the Packers. <laughs> The house is the house of God, the church. How many of you love the house of the Lord? Amen. I love it. I love worship. I love a move of God. I love great preaching and teaching. Anybody love good preaching and teaching and the word of God? And, and uh, when you leave the presence of God, maybe you've been at a conference and you can leave and spiritually you're full. Oh, man. That was wonderful. I feel so encouraged. I feel so inspired. Uh, God has spoken to me. I'm, I'm full. Uh, but the, the, the problem is, is you get what you get in the house so that you have energy to go out into the field and work. And if you stay in the house around the table and you don't get out in the field, you get like I am, a little bit fat. Because the food is not just to make you happy and make you feel good. The food is to give you the dunamis to get out and be a witness. To get out into the field away from the table and to begin to take what God has given you. And the problem is, I, I found this out over Christmas break. Some of you may have experienced this over Christmas break. I did. I ate so much food that food didn't even sound good. You know what I'm talking about? You ever had that, that season where you've been to so many restaurants that you're like thinking about, where are we going to go eat? Red Lobster. Eh. Let's go to Outback. Eh. Outback? Come on, man. You're, eh. You know why? Because you become so spoiled and fat. Amen. Sorry to use the word. You, you become so catered to that you turn up your nose at everything. Amen. But it wasn't coming to you to make you happy. It was coming to you to give you energy. And the Bible says you need to have good preach. I believe that we need to be strengthened and nourished by the word of God. But the Lord says I'm praying now that somebody would get out into the field. That means out into where the people are, where the needs are, where the harvest is where the seed can be sowed because you cannot have revival if you stay in the house. You've got to go and get some seed in the ground. You've got to go and begin to harvest. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And those who plant in tears will harvest with shouts of joy and they weep as they go to plant their seeds, but they sing as they return with the harvest. So the field represents getting out of the church and getting out to where people are and taking what God has given you, this gospel, this truth, the empowerment of the Spirit. Listen, the Bible says that when Jesus promised the Holy Ghost, he said, you shall receive power. 
after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. But dunamis is the Greek word. Power, dynamite, power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Not so you can do parlor tricks and impress your friends. But the purpose for the power is this. You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me. The power, the nourishment, the strength, the word is not so you can go home and burp and rub your belly. But it's to give you strength. Come on now. So that you can go out and be a witness. So that you can say this kingdom thing is not about what's happening in the house. It's about what's happening in the field. Because there is something that God wants to do in the field. Amen. There's something that God wants to do for you in the field. Now why are they going out weeping with the seed? Because it's work. It's like some of you are like Monday morning after Christmas break. When you got in your car, you had a tear running down your face as you were driving to work. I gotta go back. I don't wanna do it. I don't wanna do it. It's no fun. I'd like to stay home another week. Come on, can't we get another week vacation? Why? Because it's work. But you know what? When you come back with the paycheck, you don't have no tears rolling in. You're like, thank God I went to work last week. Because when you sow, you're going to reap. And spiritually, if we would get out of the house and get in the field, amen? I heard somebody say it this way one time. You need to put down the fork and get out in the field. You've been eating enough. It's time to get involved in the harvest because God, what God's going to do, what God's going to bless you with is not in the house. It's in the field. Amen. Somebody say praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So last verse to bring to your attention is the parable that Jesus gave. Was He said this. He said the kingdom of God is likened unto treasure hid in a field. The like when man has found it, for the joy thereof, he sells everything, buys the field. You can't just get the treasure. you got to go for the field. Because he recognized that the treasure is hid in the field. And I want to tell you today, Listen right now, that the greatest treasures and blessings in the kingdom of God aren't found in the house. They're found in the field. Some of the greatest blessings, seeing the power of God work on your behalf, feeling the anointing flow through you. Somebody say, I want to feel the anointing. I want to give somebody a word from God, and you're trying to do it in the house. God says, you're going to find, not going to find the treasure in the house. You're going to find the treasure in the field. And you've got to get out of the house because God said, I don't want carnal people or self-interested people to tap into the treasure. It's only the people that are willing to get out of the house and get in the field. They're the ones that's going to find it because God in his infinite wisdom said, I'm not going to put the treasure in the house. I'm going to hide the treasure in the field. And those that will drop the fork and get into the field are going to find the true treasures of heaven. And I want to tell you that if you want God's anointing to flow through you, I learned this a long time ago. It's fun to preach into 
a, a, up in front of a group of Christians to do a youth convention or to preach a youth camp or to preach to Life Church on Sunday. But if I want the gifts of the Spirit to flow through me, it happens not in church but in somebody's house when I'm sharing with them the gospel of Jesus Christ, sitting with a Bible study chart or teaching them a life lesson because God said the treasure is hid in the field. And I want to tell you that this year we're going to tap into some treasures of God's supernatural power. Not when we have more church, but when we take what we've gained here and get out into the field because somebody shout amen. The treasure is in the field. Let's stand to our feet right now. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. There are desirable gifts. There are treasures that God has for you, for your family, and for this church. For clarity's sake, that doesn't mean that church is not important. That doesn't mean that we don't come faithfully to the house of the Lord. Because when mama says dinner's ready, you better show up. Somebody said this. Uh, you can call me anything you want to. Don't call me late for dinner. Amen. Because when you begin to have a spiritual appetite. See, here's, here's the problem. When we get carnal. When we get carnal, carnally minded. We get full of this world. And there's no spiritual appetite. <laughs> This is a product of being in the house, but not in the field. But I don't know about you, but I, I used to work a roof in houses. I don't know if you did or not. We'll just say physical labor, manual labor, manuel. <laughs> so I roofed houses. And what was crazy is come lunchtime. I didn't turn my nose up at the food that was offered to me. I was like, Wiener Schnitzel? Yeah. Here I come. The, 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 the uh, greasy spoon diner? Watch out, here I come. You know why? Because when somebody's been working, they're coming in hungry. You know, when somebody comes in and they're worshiping God, they're praising God, they're hungry for the word, they're amening. That's somebody has been out in the field and they're ready to eat. When somebody's there like, oh, I don't like this sermon, this preacher, he's too, he's too loud. Or, I don't like the way he talks, got a funny accent. I don't You're not hungry. You're not hungry. You ain't been working. But when you've been in the field, you come into the house of the Lord and you're ready to <laughs> eat it up. Give me some word. I'm ready to praise the Lord. I was glad when they said unto me, let us come to the house of the Lord. I've been taking what's put in me and I've been turning it into, it's been converted into energy so that I can work in the field. I'm going to tell you right now, there's another, another story in scripture, story of Ruth. I love this story. And uh, let me just read the verses, okay? I got you standing, but I've been standing all day, so if your legs are hurting, you can sit down. Let me just read these verses to you. Amen. Ruth chapter 2. Versículo 2, 2. Ruth 2, 2 says, And Ruth the Moabitess said unto Naomi, Let me now go to the field and glean ears of corn after him 
in whose sight I shall find grace. And, and uh, Naomi said to Ruth, go, my daughter. The backstory is, Ruth is a Moabitess. She's not from the land of Israel. She comes back with her mother-in-law because her husband's passed away. They're in a dire situation. They're starving. And Ruth says, I'm going to go to the field. I'm going to go to Boaz's field. <laughs> and after the harvesters have already harvested, if there's anything left over that they dropped on the ground or that was not left on the branches, I'll harvest that so we can have a little bit to nibble on. I'm going to go to the field. Amen. We're hungry. I'm going to the field. We're struggling. I'm going to the field. And she got into the field in chapter 2, verse 15. The Bible says, and when she was risen up to glean, Boaz knew what was happening. He figured out what was going on. And he commanded his young men saying, let her glean. In other words, don't stop her from coming behind and gleaning what's left behind. And don't reproach her. Don't stop her. And let fall also some of the handfuls of purpose for her. We say on purpose. Some of the newer translations say uh, drop some on purpose for her. In other words, leave some behind for her as she comes by. And leave them that she may glean them and don't rebuke her. But look at what the King James Version says. It says, let fall also some of the handfuls of purpose for her some people are spirit filled and they're bored they're frustrated they're like I I heard a lot of preaching and just doesn't turn my crank anymore I felt like God had a plan for my life and doesn't I just don't feel like anything's happening I'm just kind of like lounging away on the pew I want to tell you if you will get out in the field God will leave handfuls of purpose for your life meaning for your life significance in what he's called you to do purpose is not in the house you find purpose in the field and so this year this year in a practical sense we're going to continue focusing on becoming disciple makers i know some of you just turn me off right now because you're like oh no i've heard oh god i don't want to hear that go ahead and pull the plug pastor we'll go up and pray i'll even cry for you but i don't want to hear about this we're going to be doing semesters of groups outside of the church here. You know why? Because the treasure's in the field. The treasure's in the field. Oh, I like to come and eat, Pastor. Oh, you're the best cook. I love it. Mm. Thanks for the compliment. Thanks, thanks for the compliment. Put the fork down. She's got it. <laughs> Get in the field. Amen? You're like, okay, Pastor. Well, I won't be here Tuesday night. I'll be at Outback here. We're fasting this week, guys. Come on now. It's not what I'm saying. When we have church, come to church. Come to church hungry. Come to church ready to receive. What would happen if you got up in the morning and fed yourself and said, let's get out in the field and let's do what God's called us to do? <clears throat> and so this, this particular year, we're going to be doing uh, midweek service until the second week of February. And then we're going to do a couple of semesters back-to-back of groups outside of the church. But your mindset has to be this. It's not like, oh, okay, well, we're not going to go to church. We're going to go do this. Or, hey, they're not having church. I don't have to come for six weeks. The idea is, no, now we've got to get together and get out into the field. Because it's time to sow and it's time to reap. The Bible says in the final days that the sowers will overcome the reapers. 
that, that there's going to be such a harvest that God has for us. And so as we go into this next year, into this new year, it's time to get out of the, away from the table and get in the field. It's a time to sow and watch and see if God will not pour blessing and favor upon us. Amen. Anybody feel what I'm feeling right now? Anybody feel what I'm feeling right now? Anybody feel what I'm feeling right now? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Bible says this, the hospitals for the sick. Doctors for the sick people. Hospitals for the sick. Hospitals not for the well people. And you're like, I want to see miracles. I want to see God do something supernatural. I want to, for God to use me to speak in the gifts of the spirit. Well, you have to get where there are sick people. You have to get where there are needy people. I have experienced and I'm thankful for every opportunity I've had to speak to people. But I've never felt more anointing than what I felt sitting across the table from one person or two people teaching them. I begin to feel the download of God's anointing. I begin to feel the supernatural impulses. You know why? Because the real treasure is hid in the field. It's not in the house. It's in the field. And when you're, you bring somebody to your life group and after the lesson or after the time of fellowship together, you're riding home or taking them back or, and, and they begin to open up about what's happening in their life and uh, the needs that they have and, and, and how that they're stressed about this and God said look I'm opening the door for you right now once you got out in the field there's treasure that begins to show up because the true treasure is not in the house uh, amen you know why because it's not for the lazy it's not for the carnal it's not for the disinterested it's not for the professional Christians uh, the treasure is for those that will get out of the house uh, and get into the field and I don't know about you but I want the true treasures hallelujah I want to buy the field hallelujah I want to buy the field. I want the Spirit of the Lord to work on me. And so the last thing I want us to do before we leave is we want to, on the service of consecration and dedication today, is uh, I want us to join together up around the front as a, a, a sign of commitment that says, that says this, I'm offering my body, the members of my body, I'm offering my body, my talent, my brain as a living sacrifice to the Lord. And I want to respond to the calling of God. And I want to follow the vision of the house. I want to submit to what God has laid on our leadership and pastor's heart for us to get involved in the harvest. And I'm not going to say, okay, well, I can downshift now. I can put it into neutral. I'm not going to think about myself. I'm getting my mind into the harvest right now. Now, the Spirit of the Lord showed me today that he's going to confirm his word today. The Spirit of the Lord showed me, and you may feel like, well, that's not going to happen. I can see what I sense right now. God's going to do a miracle in this place for somebody, a physical miracle in their body right now. In Jesus' name, I feel it right now. Somebody is physically sick in their body right now or you got pain in your body right now. God says, I'm going to do a miracle. If that's you, I want you to get out of where you are and come up here right now because there's a miracle that's getting ready to happen right here. God's going to confirm his word. Somebody that's sick in your body or you got pain in your body right now, get up to the front right now in Jesus' name because God wants to show wonders in his house today in the name of the Lord. Come on. Come on. You want a miracle? Get up here. Get up here right now. Thank you, guys. Thank you, thank you. In the name of Jesus. That's it right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Praise God.
in the name of Jesus. I just felt to do this right now. The Holy Ghost is going to do a miracle in this place. Brother David, come here. I want you to. Jonathan, you can help me. Brother Chris, come on up here. Brother Donnie's here. But I, I want us to lay hands on these people in the name of Jesus. And there's a miracle that's going to be released into their physical body or into their specific needs right now. And church, I want you to stretch your hands forward right now toward these because in the name of the Lord, God's going to confirm his word in this place right now with a miracle. You guys believe what I'm saying? It's getting ready to happen in Jesus' name. So in the name of the Lord, I want you to pray, pray for one and go to the next. In the name of Jesus Christ, Brother Ulysses, help us as well. In the name of the Lord, we lay hands by faith in the name of Jesus on these that have physical needs in their body. And Lord, today, through this communion, through the Lord's Supper, we have discerned the broken body of Jesus. And so today, it's not your will that anybody should walk out of here in pain, that anybody should walk out of here sick. But in Jesus' name, let everybody under the blood right now begin to receive healing, begin to receive release begin to receive deliverance. Come on, you guys can come in behind, begin to pray for them right now. name I'm gonna encourage him to push back the first couple rows here be careful with people's belongings and so forth but just help us by pushing that back a little bit as we're gonna use this front here together to let God's anointing flow hallelujah in Jesus name hallelujah Now what I'm going to ask is if there are people here today that want, together with these that are gathered up here right now, that want this to be a year of not focusing on yourself, but by taking the Spirit that says it's not about me and saying, I want to sow, I want to minister, I want to be a part of what God's doing, I want to get my mind off myself and begin to minister to other people's needs, I want you to come up to the front right now, we're going to gather up here. And we're going to pray a prayer of consecration and commitment together in this place. That's it. Come on, scoot in close here, my brothers and sisters. Come on, come on. The Spirit of the Lord's here. There's regeneration, spiritual renewal in this place. Hallelujah. said come on up come on up in Jesus name hallelujah 
Hallelujah. 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 Some of you are going to begin to feel purpose in your life while you're fasting this week. During this time of prayer, when it comes to an end, there's going to be a clarity in your mind. But right now, I want you to begin to reach, begin to pray for one another in this place as we make this prayer of commitment in Jesus' name. I feel the Holy Ghost here. I feel God's anointing here. And the Spirit of the Lord is here to bring purpose. Hallelujah. To bring vision. To stir up hope in the hearts of those from whom hope has been stolen. To give purpose to those who have felt like their life has lacked purpose and been empty of such. In the name of Jesus, based on what you've done, Lord God, and our commitment to serve your purpose, let your anointing flow through us in Jesus' name. And I pray, Lord God, for those who are thirsty for purpose, that are looking, Lord God, for meaning in their life and seeking, Lord Jesus, that you would flow through them. Let this be a year, Lord God, of discovering purpose, of being empowered by the Holy Ghost in the name of Jesus. That's it. Reach over and pray for someone right now and begin to say, Lord, I pray let them find purpose as they get in the field. Lord, you already dropped you already dropped the load of purpose and left it there for them, Lord. But God, give them the courage to get out of the house, to get out of the house, even though they don't want to, even though it may conjure up a tear, to get out of the house and into the field and understand that there's a treasure there there's purpose there god you left it there you dropped it there for them you hit it there for them in the field hallelujah lord in the name of jesus in the name of jesus come on hallelujah there's a release that's going to happen in this place right now in the name of jesus every lie the enemy's told everything that we've believed that's discouraged and gotten us off track we reject it right now lord and we embrace the truth of your word, Lord, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Our hope is in you, Lord God. Our confidence is in you. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Our are shaking and every curse is breaking. Strongholds are falling and greater things are coming.